Hello and welcome to episode 121 of TLDR Podcast. I am James, your host, and I'm sure you guys are surprised to hear my voice first, because frankly, I would be too. It's been a long time since I've hosted, like a really, really long time. But we have a good episode coming up for you guys today. A lot of things happened last week, a lot of sports, sports everywhere, really. I think the 26th ever sports equinox was last Thursday, where all four sports had a game on the same day. Crazy, fun, a lot to talk about. NBA, MLB, hockey, it's all here, starting off strong. But, you know, as a degenerate gambler, it was also a good time because I prize picks. If you guys want like a little referral code, I got you. You can win money that way. I, I get 25 bucks. And no free ads. So, no free ads, but prize picks is where it's at. <laughs> Let me know. I got your code. Uh, but first, before we get into it, before we talk sports, gambling stuff, fun things, we got to check with the guys, you know, see how, what their days are like. Trading's over there. Just doing his thing, chilling. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Watching hockey here, waiting for the, uh, you know, waiting for the cracking game to start because that's the most important game for our, for this group tonight. Um, let's see if Tyler can can bring can bring back the cup. Um, it's been a good. It was a good weekend because when you win, when your best play, when you win fantasy football, when your best players are on by, that's huge. That's massive. So what a fucking win for me. Uh, we're going to talk fantasy football real fast before we move on to Tyler, but I played Alex this weekend, and honestly, both of us should have lost. Oh, my God, dude. It's, it's actually such bullshit. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually pissed at you, dude. You have no points, and you're still tied for first, you fucking asshole. You I, yeah. I thought the guys app was ever. wrong. When, 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 when I saw your final score, I thought it was wrong. I was like, there's no way that was both of your totals. I think Alex scored like 50 points and I scored maybe 60. Like both, like both Tyler and I scored more than that combined. Yeah. Like for you guys combined more than that. <laughs> Crazy. Thank God for me playing Alex that week. Fuck, <laughs> dude. Appreciate you, Alex. You're welcome, buddy. Alex, how are you doing, man? You, you look cold in your house. That holds coldness. It, it is uh, finally getting a little chilly here, uh, which is nice. But yeah, my fan, that fantasy football team is falling apart. So it's... Uh, <clears throat> I probably sent like three trade requests to, I think it was to Mike and we just kept going back and forth. Um, it didn't get, it didn't happen. So Mike hates trading. If anyone, if anyone wants to trade, you let me know. If same here, guys, I have a, I have Brees Hall, uh, who is out for the year. I have Mike Williams and DK Metcalf, all of which left their games, which is fucking terrible. So if anybody <laughs> on the pod, in the, on the league wants to trade, let me know. Tyler, over there drinking a stout, it looks like. How you doing, bud? Yes, sir. It's the first uh, narwhal, twenty twenty narwhal of the of the season from Sierra Nevada. No free ads. Um, but I am doing very well. Obviously, fantasy football. Um, lost to Eric, which is really annoying. But I had like half of my team on a bye, uh, and I only lost by like twelve points. So I put up a pretty good fight, considering. Um, wish I would have played. You know, probably half of the other league. I probably would have won. But it is what it is. Um, other than that, you know, doing great as you guys, as you mentioned, uh, James. October is one of the best sports months. So, as a sports fan, loving every bit of it. World Series starts on Friday. We're we'll getting that a little bit later, but yeah, life's good right now. You said you're drinking a narwhal. Yeah. Didn't you like black out in college from drinking too many narwhals? Was that probably? You? I don't remember. Ah, see, because you did black hey, out. <laughs> hey, Tyler. Yeah. Our uh, our season starting trade that you that you gave us on draft day probably is what key, is what uh, is propping both of us up. I mean, we're killing it. 
Hey man, that's that's like that's the definition of a win-win. We both made a trade. It was a blockbuster trade, and both of us are succeeding. I mean, that's how trades are done, Mike Brown. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Brown's getting a lot of love this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, love. Less than five minutes in. <laughs> Mike Brown, good for you. Uh, <laughs> to everybody else, we're gonna get right into it. We're gonna go straight into basketball. Alex hosted for a long time, and we're finally get to talk basketball now. I'm excited, Alex. It's all you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, we are a week and a half-ish into the season. Um, you know, most teams have played like max four games. Uh, some good, some interesting starts, both positive and negative. Uh, we're going to start on the positive because it's it's more fun that way. Um, and both these teams in the Eastern Conference um, both had interesting off-seasons. Um, I don't think, you know, they were kind of some of those mid-tier teams. Um you know, during our preview, but so the Hornets and the Wizards, as we speak right now, are both two and one, Um, you know, the Hornets had a lot of legal issues during their off season. The Wizards, we had no idea what they were going to be, what Bradley Beal's deal was, but uh, uh, Tyler, we'll start with you. You're a fake Wizards fan. Uh, Which hearts hot start between those two do you think will continue? Um, And which one, I guess, do you kind of like moving forward? Yeah, so big, big Wizards guy over here. You know, I, I, I do think the Wizards MO is just kind of being that underlooked, over uh, underrated team. Um, I think that will kind of continue this whole season. Um, but I think the one that's more likely to continue, I actually believe, is the Hornets. Mainly because they're missing right now their three best players and, and they've gotten off to a good start. You know, granted, it's only three games, but I think that's a pretty good sign that, that, that that's a good overall, a well-rounded team that you're, that you're missing your three best guys. Um, and still winning games. Um, so I think for me, and th- 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 this Hornets team, it's young. I think every year they should just get a little bit better, a little bit better. I think they've got a good, young, exciting group of players. I don't think it's, like I said, no means it's a championship level yet, but I think they're young, they're exciting, and they should do pretty well this season. Um, so I feel like the more sustained, more likely continue to hot start will be the Hornets. Interesting. Okay. I think I kind of disagree with you. Um, but I will let the other boys give their opinions first before I decide. Uh, Trade-in, kind of same question. Hornets, Wizards, they've started well. Uh, just what do you think about these two teams and kind of their their start and where do you, you know, potentially see them going as the season continues? <clears throat> yeah, I, I actually, I'm, I'm on Team Tyler for this one. Yeah. Um, and it, there may be a bias because I do have LaMelo Ball on my fantasy team. And I just, <laughs> you know, if, if you... <laughs> he doesn't if, play. If you, look, but that's the point right that's the point that's 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 i'm I'm taking the same i'm taking the same thing that tyler's saying like when you're when some of your best players are out and you're able to put up wins now granted they have not neither of these teams have had the greatest of uh competition so we should we should be pumping the brakes on both of them first of all full stop but if you're if you're winning games without your top guys once they come in and, and get back into the game and get back onto the team play their minutes and, and, you know, you're going to get some support from on the bench. I think that I think that this team has a, has a potential to be a lot better than they were, you know, last few years that we've been talking about them. No, they're not going to. I don't know if they're going to be any playoff pushes or anything like that. But I, I think that this is, you know, this is the sign that maybe this is a team that can that can do some damage or at least be a thorn in everyone's side down the stretch. Uh, James, you obviously reacted in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh what are you? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to disagree with both of them. Even though I have this, I hate Bradley Beal right now. I have a <laughs> grudge against him. He was the taco guy in Prize Picks, and he went out in the first quarter. I hate that. 
But I really think that the Wizards are going to be better. They're more suited for this right now. Uh, a healthy Bradley Beer is unguardable, guys. And he decided to stay long-term with the Wizards. That's a huge deal. I think the Wizards are trying to make good by him by signing better guys, better role players. Porzingis coming in. He's playing much better in his first four, three to four games than he did in his entire career with the Dallas Mavericks. Granted, that was very short, but still, he's showing up like the old Porzingis, like the really good one. It's amazing. Uh, he's averaging a double-double. He's shooting threes. He's posting up. He's doing everything imaginable that you wanted him to do from the get-go, and he's doing it now. And they also have Kyle Kuzma, great spot-up shooter. He's playing better now than he did with the Lakers. Like Everybody who leaves the Lakers right now is looking better, and Kuzma is not an exception to that. He's playing great, absolutely great. Uh, this this team is a, full of young or of vets, not young vets, but of vets who are hungry to win. The Hornets are younger, and these two keep saying like, "Oh, their best guys aren't even back yet." In the NBA, it's a different animal. That if your best guys are out, they're going to demand more when they come back in. And so when Lamelo Ball is out, he's a ball handling guard. What are you going to do with Dennis Smith Jr., who has been absolutely killing it? You're taking away his groove taking the ball out of his hands, putting the ball's hands, and now you're messing with everything. What's working right now is working, but then you interject other pieces, like big pieces that handle a lot, large part of the offense. Everything will get thrown off. Right now, I like the Wizards a whole lot more. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with James. I just think they're a more complete team. Um, you know, I think, you know, we've seen Kuzma succeed with a ball handler like LeBron. Um, obviously, they won a championship in 2020 together. You know, I think that, Kuzma is probably always going to be sort of like that second or third option. And that's a great role for him. And if, you know, obviously Bradley Beal's number one, if Kuzma's two or three, that's a good thing. So, yeah, I think the, you know, the Hornets, I think get a lot of hype. Um, their announcers are great. LaMelo ball is obviously a very exciting player, but I just don't think they have that gel that we really need to see from them yet, but we will have to see, obviously. Yeah. You guys are all right. It is very early. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to come up with storylines only a week into the season. I did forget to do our fantasy update. Does make me feel pretty great about it, though, since I'm the basketball guy and I'm wanting to know and all y'all idiots lost. So <laughs> things are going great for Alex <laughs> here in fantasy basketball land. We've only done it one time and I won. So obviously I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I want to put an asterisk on that one because the freaking there game. is a slight asterisk, but I was also like 13 and two and had scored my team was easily the best all year, but there is a slight asterisk. I guess. <laughs> um, moving on to some negative starts from at least one team. We were expecting good things out of one team. Uh, who knows? Uh, it has, it has since changed, but the 76ers and the Lakers, the Lakers are 0 and three. Um, they really blew a game in Portland um, in that third game. Um, the Sixers started 0 three. They did get a win last night. Uh, so trade and we'll start with you, you know, as I, when I wrote the question, they were both 0 and three. So what, which one of these teams, you know, I think also put it in a perspective of expectations, you know, like, I, you know, I think we thought the Sixers were, you know, a top tier team in the East, the Lakers were a fringe playoff team, maybe. Um, so which one do you think is already in the most trouble kind of based on, you know, where they're at? Already in the most trouble. I mean, this is <clears throat> when you say uh, driven by expectations, my my thought goes a little bit differently because um, I was going to come here and just completely shit on the Lakers. But I'm not going to do that, actually, uh, based on b simply based on expectations, the the way that 
that the 76ers have started is is a big question mark. I mean, Embiid is not not where he needs to be, and I think that that's a that's a worry. Um, and you know, I I hear about it every day at work. My buddy has him on his damn fantasy team, and he's pissed off every fucking day, every game, last three games or whatever. And he's just saying that the the you know he he sees it as the team is just not quite you know it. I don't know if it, it's if if, if the, some of these players are just still on summer vacation or what, but they, they haven't dialed into the season yet, and that, and that's a problem for a team that that did have expectations to go far, that did have expectations to do well. Um, do I think that they it's too late to turn around? Of course not. I think that I think that they'll find a way to find their groove and, and get back in it. But it does it does give me some concern that you know that they're starting this this uh, slow. Um, especially when you have other teams that have seem to be starting on on the right foot, um, se- seem to ha- seem to have a groove. Um, sometimes you can you can step into the season a little late, and let's hope that for the 76ers' sake, um, Embiid and the rest of them don't um, or, you know don't come to the party a little too late. As for the Lakers, just fucking get rid of Russ, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a lot easier to say that than it is actually to potentially. Oh, it's impossible. Uh, Who fucking uh, takes him? I don't know. He's got a hamstring issue now, so it may be a, a fake IL sort of situation. Um, yeah, from someone that picked the 76ers to make it to the NBA Finals, um, not a great start for them, but they're also, I feel like, kind of one of those teams that they don't really care about the regular season all that much. Um, you know, obviously, they're going to have to pick it up a little bit. Can't be going one, three over your first, you know, four all the way through, but uh, James, kind of the same question, um, you know, Sixers, Lakers, obviously I know you are a Lakers fan, so I don't know your thoughts on them. Um, just these, these two poor starts. I think to me, the Lakers are just in worse shape and I agree with everything Traden said that like to a T, but the Lakers are just poorly constructed through and through. Like they try to shoot the three ball, but they suck at it. And it's obvious, bro, they're 21% from three and they're shot like over hundred threes. This is bad. This is a team that's just jacking it up because they're behind and they're going to have to. And they're not putting up the numbers that they need to be. It's literally just LeBron and AD doing their thing. Lonnie Walker sprinkled in there a little tiny bit. But it's like LeBron and AD are just putting up numbers at this point just for stats. Nobody else is really having fun there. Russ needs to go. There's a whole lot of drama there. The only hope the Lakers had this season was to build momentum over time. And right now the momentum's at zero. Like they need to get some wins going if they want to make the season respectable. But at this point, you're going to continue losing game after game after game because there's no consistency and no clutchness and no three-point shooting. And in this league right now, you need some three-point shooting to win. And shooting 21% is not going to cut it. They're easily the worst team in the league right now. We thought that the Utah Jazz would be. The, the Lakers are down there. They're down bad. They were close against the Trailblazers, I think. LeBron had that like buzzer beater. But he's not clutch. He doesn't have that clutch gene in him. You cannot give LeBron the ball at the last second because he will miss every single time. Lakers are bad. Yeah, the Lakers are in trouble. Uh, it may or may not be just a LeBron trying to pass Kareem kind of season, and that's what we get out of it, and that's all you get. Um, but, yeah, the 21% from three is brutal. Uh, Tyler, thoughts on the Sixers and Lakers start uh, to the season? Yeah, obviously the more I would say glaringly concerned is probably the 76ers and just the fact that they came in as a as a favorite in the East and get and it's and starting off with 0-3 is certainly a concern. 
Um, but we it, but we do have a lot more games to play. I feel like the 76ers will figure it out. I just think the more the more train wreck is definitely the the Lakers. And I think that even though a lot of people didn't expect this team to do great things this season, I don't think anyone else I don't think this the 0-3 start helps anything either. I think anytime we're talking about Lakers Lake Show, you you have LeBron James on your team, you know, the greatest of his generation, that's a problem. Um, and it's going to continue to be a problem. And you, and you have the whole thing with, with, with uh, Westbrook. They, they, they stuck with them. They haven't been able to trade them. They haven't been able to do anything. They have not been able to fix that problem. And until they do, we're going to continue having this unwatchable Lakers team. Like they're just unwatchable. I, I tried watching opening night. I watched for about three minutes and I was like, no, nah, this is, this is brutal. I can't do it. This is, I, I don't, I'm not excited to watch the Lakers because they're just going to, they're just going to disappoint. It's, it's, it's bad basketball. It's not fun to watch. So, so as a fan of that team, like for me, like they're in more trouble in terms of just, you know, what their season is going to look like. I feel like Philadelphia will eventually turn it around, but you know, that certainly is a concern there with the Lakers, man. Like it's, it's just all bad. Like I, there, there's nothing really for me to hang my hat on for, as hope for the season, unless they somehow find a way to get rid of Westbrook. And maybe that just helps chemistry issues. And then maybe something will turn around. But even then, man, I have, I just don't know. This, this Lakers team is going nowhere. Yeah, the Lakers are in trouble not only this year, but for the foreseeable future as they have no first-round picks for, like, forever. Um, yeah, you know, at least, like, for the Lakers, when they were really bad before LeBron, there were young guys that you were excited about. For this Laker team, it's kind of like, what do we do now? Yes, trade Um Question for you, Lakers fans, and maybe if you guys can have some kind of thought of what the rest of the fan base would feel like. What is can the fan base and can you guys stomach a full rebuild here in LA, or is that even a possibility? It's I mean, they've never been a possibility for the Lakers, man. Like, yeah, it's not ever. that we can't stomach it; it's that they can't, like literally can't do it. I mean, other than trading LeBron and AD and just getting well, back that's what it would take. a bunch of young talent and picks, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I could stomach it. It would suck. Like, obviously, when you get LeBron and then all this shit happens. But, I mean, I, I'm i pretty sure I texted Tyler after the end of last season and was like, they might need to trade AD. Like, I was prepared for that, and they didn't do it. And then they traded for Russ, and things went really poorly. So, or kept Russ or whatever. But, um I don't know, boy. What are your what are your guys' thoughts on the rebuild? I mean, it's just like the Yankees in baseball. Like they will never ever go through a rebuild. They're just going to keep pumping money into the system and keep getting guys left and right because it's a storied franchise that will never be viewed as a rebuild year. Like even when Kobe was having his shitty years in like mm. 2006, 2007, before he got Powell, they never went full rebuild because they couldn't. Like the fan base. I mean, I, I get us us as fans. I guess sports fans. Like us four could stomach it, but the casual fan or like the diehard fan can't. It's just such a storied franchise that they cannot do it. So, so why is it different than why is it different than Montreal, who's the most storied franchise in the NHL? Those fans are those fans will die for their their Habs. They're going through a full rebuild. The Chicago Blackhawks full rebuild. Those are original six teams. The Detroit Red Wings original six team. How, I mean, why is it different? Because I mean, the real answer is because it's hockey and not basketball. Like. You know, I don't think uh, some random kid in the Philippines knows who Carey Price is, but some random kid in the Philippines knows who Kobe Bryant is. And that's the difference. Like the Lakers are probably what, maybe the 
third top three most marketable professional franchise, like American-based professional franchise, maybe after like the Yankees and the Cowboys. Like they, like they're, those three are probably somewhere in there. The Canadians are like. No, for sure. For sure. Higher NBA, like they got to, maybe not, maybe they're like above the Hornets or somebody, but. Or the Jazz. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, real, realistically, that's why. So it's just I mean, based on like it's just LeBron, based on notoriety of the team. Yeah, I mean, LeBron is probably making more than the entire Habs current roster. No, no, I get that. What, like, what I'm saying is, like, how long? How long do you guys like? Wh- like, how long does the, the NBA is not getting helped by having a Lakers team that's terrible? It's no. it's better for the league when the Lakers team's good. And if and if you guys are right in that this is going to be like this for how many years? why won't you just rebuild it's no, there's there's no difference yeah. i mean you could also i mean to put that into perspective too with the nhl like when was the last time a canadian team won 93 or something yes. like that right like the canadian teams of the last three decades have been generally terrible and yes you know, canada still follows them i don't know that's like a whole other discussion we're gone way off topic but i, still, <laughs> I see what you mean um kind of i guess moving into my last topic specifically for the Lakers like you can't tank because you don't have any picks for teams that do have picks so there's this prospect he's French his name's Victor Wembenyama I think is how you say his name uh he's like 7'4 and maybe weighs 104 pounds he will probably bulk up there has been you know his his dad played in the NBA um you know a long time ago um there have been people that would say if he was in the same draft class as LeBron he would be ahead of LeBron whoa that feels crazy to me, but that's what people are saying. I don't know. He feels like another super skinny, too tall guy that's going to end up getting hurt. But Adam Silver pretty much said like, hey, if teams, if we see teams like really, really tanking to get him, they will, you know, are potentially going to do something. I even heard there was some rumor that they were like, oh, we're going to demote teams to the G League, which I think like they do in English soccer which football, whatever, which I think would be awesome. I think they should do that all for American sports. But do you guys really think Adam James, we'll start with you. Adam Silver would, and well, it's not just him, obviously him and the NBA and the owners would really do anything because the tanking kind of was born in the NBA compared to the other four sports. I think they're going to have to do something uh, because Victor is really, really, really good. I talked shit about another really super skinny guy named Chet Holmgren a while ago. I hope you all remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh, hated that guy. I still do. <clears throat> Victor is next level. Like, I've seen clips of this guy, film of this guy. Like, he is good. And when people say that he could be drafted over LeBron, him and LeBron in the same, in the same class, I do buy that. Like, you, you're never going to find 7-4 point guard handles and move the way he does. And he'll still be able to do that if he bulks up. That's a crazy thing. He's good. And I definitely see a bunch of NBA teams who are who have no shot at making it, definitely tanking. And Adam Silver can't let that happen because then basketball as a whole becomes unwatchable. There will be no competition. Um, I love the idea of relegation. I just don't know how plausible that is because a lot of these, most of the G League teams are tied up to NBA teams. So it's really hard to. Yeah, realistically, not, that would never happen. But Realistically, it's, it won't happen. But if they can figure out a way to do it, that is a great way to go about doing that. I love it. Um, but re- like the more plausible thing right now is just to be f- to find teams who are 
just maybe if you finish in the bottom five, you get fined X amount of dollars on how bad you are losing by. Like if you're uh, if you're in last place, they'll find you a hundred million dollars. You don't want that to happen. And they'll even, they should take paychecks from players too. Like maybe if you don't want to lose some of your money, play better so you're not in last place. That could be a plausible way. But relegation, I think, is the best one. Yeah, there have been um, other ones where if you're the first team to miss the playoffs, you get the number one pick and then it goes backwards from there. So like you are, you know, you're obviously trying to then make the playoffs. And if you just barely miss it, then you get the number one pick. That real, it, that's tough. That's really tough to do. But um, Tyler, just thought uh, thoughts on Adam Silver's kind of comments on on the tanking potential issue um, in the NBA this year. Yeah, I don't, no one likes it. No one likes tanking. No one likes seeing these teams go down. I hate it when people, when reporters or stuff like recommending, like, why don't you just lose? It's like, fuck that. That's just that. I don't like that attitude. It, it, it definitely is a problem. And I'm glad that Adam Silver is trying to at least try and solve that issue. So I applaud him for his efforts. Um, yeah, but the relegation thing just doesn't seem realistic. I kind of like what James said there and about money. Money talks in this country, man. Like if you start taking away uh, teams' money and, 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 and players' pay, paychecks, I mean, that to me is the quickest way. I don't, I don't know if that's legal. I don't know if that's allowed, but that certainly would definitely kick the ass of a lot of people trying to tank for sure. Um, so for me, that's the easy fix. I don't, I, again, I don't, I don't know on the, on the legal side, if that's even, if, if that's even possible, but that's definitely probably the easiest way to prevent tanking for sure. Yeah. And then trading with you, obviously the NHL also has a lottery system. Uh, your team benefited very highly from that lottery system. The NBA, you know, the MLB and NFL do not have a system like that. So, you know, as the guy with, you know, the, the other league with lottery system, kind of your thoughts on tanking. I feel like we don't really see it in the NHL as much. Oh, you will this year. We, and, I mean, you have a, you have a guy that's le- very like what you got, what the NBA is, uh, is seeing next year in, um, in Connor Bedard. So it's the same thing. So, uh, James Connor Bedard, baby. You might have Connor Bedard. Um, yeah, but then I won't see him for another three years. What the fuck? Is that? <laughs> no, no, he's he's a he's a start. He he's gonna he he's coming into the league. Um, it, it's tough because if you know, there's many different options. You either a you could, as you said, Alex, the first team that's out of the playoffs gets the um gets the first pick. Um, there's also some people that are saying that they should have a tournament for uh, like a tournament for those bottom teams to see who gets the first pick, which is ridiculous because why would a player want to, why would a player want to play, pay, want to want to play for his replacement? Yeah. yeah. Like why? <laughs> you're not going to, you're going to take even more. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, like this. That's like the guys that don't want to play in the senior bowl when they're going to yeah. go in the NFL. They're like, why? Yeah, would I so you can't do that. Um, the draft lottery, you know, I, I, I like the draft lottery. I think that, I think that you could do it, you know, some, somewhere, you know, it, it's tough to really stop tanking, especially because there are teams that simply aren't good. And if you, you know, if you, if you take the first team that's, that's out of the playoffs, you know, whatever, I mean, that would still be a, you could still argue that that's a, a tanking situation. You would just tank until you're the first team out. Um, that may not be the worst team that needs the most help. And, and that's the problem. You you need, you do need to help the teams that have that, that are crappy. I think that you could, but Adam Silver is not going to do anything. He can't. I mean, unless you change the structure of the draft lottery, whether that means 
Um, if you've had a top three pick in the last three years, you don't get a top three pick. You, you, you get no better than a fourth. You could, you could start to implement those types of rules. If you get um, maybe if you get the first overall pick, you're not getting a first overall pick for five years. You know, that that's the type of stuff that you could start implementing. That's what I think the NHL needs to start implementing just to stop that, um, you know, stop that um, tanking full stop. Um, but it, no, 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 you know, systems, right. And at the end of the day, there's, you're not going to relegate teams. You're not going to be able to stop tanking. And I don't even know how net you necessarily prove it. I mean, I know it, it's like porn. We, we know, we know what it, we can't explain it, but we know it when we see it. <laughs> you can't explain what that you, you can't explain it, but you know oh, it when you see it, that's what tanking is. And okay. so what are you going to put like, oh, a you're stop on that. You, you know, you don't have no definition of tanking. There is no definition of it. Yeah. Um, skipping over the porn part uh there's there are you know there are teams that are just bad like you make bad trades you make bad free agent signings somebody gets hurt you know they don't perform as you know as well as they were previously so yeah it is it is hard to tell um there's also times where it's like very obvious that people are tanking so yeah i i don't know what the solution is i kind of like the idea of you know the first team out gets the number one pick because that will you know push people to try to be better um you know it won't work in every league obviously like it works in leagues that have salary caps and leagues that don't like you know it will be tough but uh this one got totally off the rails and i loved it um that's it we'll we'll have to see what happens next week alex thank you so much i always love talking basketball first love of a sport really if you guys haven't read them yet alex the power rankings on the website and they're very good. They're very funny. Uh, I honestly really enjoy reading them. They're good. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, Tyler is talking baseball and the World Series. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a good time listening to the music and maybe getting a snack, a beer, I don't know, going for a jog. Whatever you did, hope you enjoyed it. We're back, though, and Tyler's going to talk about the World Series. Tyler, tell you. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2022 Fall Classic is set. Um, the Phillies and the Astros will meet each other starting on Friday um, to determine the winner of the 2022 MLB season. Uh, it's literally a battle of David versus Goliath here, guys. Uh, the, the bottom seed, the sixth seed from the National League, the Phillies, versus the top dog in the American League, the Houston Astros. Uh, so to recap real quick, what happened in, in the, in the championship series over in, in, in the ALCS Yankees just fucking didn't do shit. Uh, Astro, Astros have not lost a game yet in this postseason. They swept the DS against Seattle and they have, and they swept the, the, the CS against New York. Um, so they're seven and oh, this postseason, uh, they're playing incredible baseball right now. Uh, no doubt the, you know, they're prop. They're they're the hands-on favorites to win the series. Uh, the 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 uh, series MVP of the CS was Jeremy Pena, their rookie shortstop. Um, which again, you know, like how's or Jose Altuve is like one for like twenty-seven, and the Astros are still killing it. Uh, it's it's pretty scary. Um, over on the National League side, the Phillies uh, one and five. I was a little surprised the series did not go longer. Uh, but the Phillies are just playing really, really great baseball right now. Uh, Bryce Harper had the moment of his career with his go-ahead to run homer in the bottom of the eighth inning there in game five to put the Phillies ahead. Uh, and he ended up taking home the, the, the hardware of the MVP for that series. Um, so 
uh, just kind of the, the, the recap of, of, of the championship series um, that Bryce Harper home run guys, just real quick, you know, was that the moment of the, the postseason so far? Um, and kind of with Bryce Harper, there's, there's, there's a lot of talk about this guy, you know, he was kind of overrated, kind of, kind of hated a little bit, you know, kind of in, in, in the past kind of coming into this, in, into this, uh, in this playoff run, it seems like he's kind of redeemed himself a little bit in, 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 in a lot of different ways. Kind of your thoughts on just the championship series as a whole, Bryce Harper, uh, what do you guys got? James, I'll start with you. Bryce Harper is a God when it comes to postseason baseball. Like this dude is hitting like what 400 right now in the postseason, like Incredible. Incredible. crazy. Um, I think on the top definitely that home run without a doubt. And you you guys know I love an underdog, so whenever the Phillies uh, took that and Tyler was proven wrong yet again, it always makes me happy. So yeah. it was a good time. Yeah, my National League bracket, I'm O for whatever it is. Uh, it's 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 pretty incredible. Uh, Traded Bryce Harper, kind of your 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 thoughts on that guy. Um, and maybe a little bit I, on the Astros, like, like, can this team fucking lose for once? I, I, when it comes to Bryce Harper, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know what the hate is. I mean, it, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. He seems like a genuinely cool guy that just, that just loves baseball. I mean, and he's fucking good. Like I, whatever, but yeah, I think uh, we don't I have think to get into that. Just, just a little context. I think before you started kind of really digging into baseball, there was a period of time there where, I mean, Bryce Harper has been hyped up since he was like 16 years old. Oh yeah. It's like the next Babe Ruth or whatever. Um, and for the, probably the first like four or five years of his career, he wasn't that great. Uh, and he was a little bit cocky, had a huge ego so a lot of people just didn't really like him that much. Um, he just, he didn't really, you know, he didn't, um, he talked the talk, but he did not walk the walk, just to put it simply. Um, but since he's, especially the last, I think, few years there in Philadelphia, he's completely, I, a lot of people feel like he's finally stepped into the, the, the true legend that he is. And, and, and if, if anything, yeah. that it, it was that series. It, and it's, it takes some humbling to, to, to bring that out. And sure enough, this is, this is where we're at. And look, his his reaction says it all i mean you can tell he's he's hump he's he's humbled now i mean he couldn't even believe that he did what he did <laughs> i mean i mean that that the, the guy has finally come to the i guess has now came to what we all expected him to be and and here we are as for the astros i i don't know if they're gonna be able to 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 lose a game i, I at this point they they have so much depth they they they're way they're able to win in any single way it seems like altuve cannot is is have, he's not like he's a he's he's a ghost and they're still dominating <laughs> so th- that's a problem but um you know at the end of the day i think i think if i think the phillies find some way to steal one game one or game two you have a series, you have a series that those are the, if, if, if both of those two are lost uh, by the Phillies, the series is over in no more than five. I like it. Um, Alex, real quick, your thoughts on the CS rounds and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, shout out to myself for calling the sweep. Um, nailed that one. Um, shout out Joe Davis for a sexy call on that Bryce Harper Homer um, on to, on to like Bryce Harper. Like, you know, he was, I think I kind of disagree with you. I mean, obviously he won rookie of the year. Um, you know, he's playing on some really bad nationals teams, but like you could really compare him to somebody like LeBron or Connor McDavid or even like Tiger or somebody. And like, he, you know, like think about it, like Bryce Harper just turned 30, I think, or 31. We've known about him since he was like 15 or 16. Like he's been in the limelight 
for half of his life now. And now he's got two MVPs. He's carrying this underdog team to the World Series. So I don't know. I think, you know, I think Bryce Harper has been what we what we expected. Um, and it's it's pretty incredible. Um, the Astros and the Yankees, like that felt like it shouldn't even have happened. <laughs> the Yankees didn't look like they had a shot the entire time. Like the Astros are just a much better run team, a much better run franchise. Um, and they they look destined, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, it seems like nothing, nothing can really stop this Astros team from winning. But so let's 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 go into the World Series now. As I mentioned, you know, this is this is a, a this is a true, you know, David versus Goliath type of series we got. Um, it should be really, really fun to watch. Obviously, obviously Houston Astros has has home field advantage. Um, so they will they will so games uh, one and two will be in Houston. Uh, the next three will be in Philly, and if necessary, the series will shift back to Houston for Game Six and Seven. Uh, so my question is pretty simple for for the boys here. I'm going to ask, you know, how each team can pull off this World Series win, um, and then we'll ask everyone's predictions there at the end. So I'm going to start with the Houston Astros, the easy one. Uh, the Houston Astros will win if finish the sentence. Trading, what do you got? Houston Astros will win if they continue their strong start um you know start starting pitching and start and starting rotation and depth and hitting and everything like they just need to play what they're doing like they 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 need to change literally nothing nothing <laughs> unfortunately alex the houston astros will win if if they're the houston astros trade nailed it like <laughs> they don't you know yeah, the Houston Astros will win if I guess Altuve and Jordan Alvarez get going. They, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, uh, Altuve was pretty terrible all postseason. Jordan was a monster in that Seattle series, and then kind of disappeared uh, in the Yankees series. But if those two guys get going, yeah, the Houston Astros will win if they're the Houston Astros. James, Space City will win if Space City will win if the pitching continues to, continues to be dominant. Altuve finds his bat, and Jeremy Pena continues to be a better Carlos Correa. Yep. I mean, the recipe for success for Houston is pretty simple. Just keep doing what they're doing. But is there a chance that Philly can hand the Astros their first loss of the postseason, much less win the World Series? The Phillies will win the World Series if. Alex, what do you got? If Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler shove, and Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper. All right. I'd yeah. like James, the Philadelphia Phillies will win the World Series if. If Bryce Harper continues to be insane at baseball, like he already has been, and timely hitting keeps happening. Like, it, they don't necessarily have to hit all the time, but if the hits at the right, comes at the right time, that's all you need. All right. Trading, Phillies will win if. Continue their timely hitting. Continue, get, get to, uh, get to Citizens Bank Park with, with a, with a stolen win um, in, in Houston. And you have a very good chance of winning the, of the world series. Yeah. I, I have a good feeling that this is going to be a good series. Uh, I don't think the Astros are going to sweep. I really hope no. they don't. That would be insane. Uh, the Phillies have, like I said, I think they're, they're playing so well. They're playing the perfect kind of October baseball built on really good starting pitching. As you guys mentioned, really timely hitting, you know, st- statistically other than Bryce Harper, none of these guys wow you, but they get the big hits in, in, in the big moments. Going back to Philly, as you mentioned, Trayden, that'd be huge if they can steal one of the first two in Houston. Going back to that fan base, Philly is lit right now. Um, that is that is a huge home field advantage for them. 
Um, and if, you know, I think the big, the big X factor here, I think the biggest difference of, of the two teams is the bullpens. The, the, the Houston Astros are by far the better bullpen in this series, but Philly has done a really great job so far in, in, in this postseason. If they can continue to do that, they're going to have a really good shot. I think every game is going to come down to the last three innings. Um, I, I, I really think it's going to be a, a really close series. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I never thought the Phillies would be here. But here they are. Um, no doubt this will be a very, very exciting World Series. Um, I'm going to love watching every single minute of it. Again, it starts Friday. Every game's on Fox. Um, every game's at 5 o'clock Eastern, or sorry, 5 o'clock Pacific. Uh, so make sure you guys are tuning in, 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 into those games. Um, so real quick, let's go predictions, boys. Uh, who, who you got as a World Series champion and in how many games? Uh, Trayden, who do you got? Let's get weird. Philly in seven. We love game seven. We have, we've only had one winner take all games so far. Actually, I, I, I guess two with, with the, with the wild card round with the Mets uh, Padres or the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Mets Padres and then uh, guardians Yankees. So we've only had two, but so a lot of short series so far, supposed to I would love to see game seven. Uh, James, what do you got? Let's get weird. Right. Yeah. I like that. Philadelphia Phillies in six, whatever the fuck they're on. Keep being on it. In Minute made. All right. We got two for the Phillies. Alex. Oh, no, that'd be home. Sorry, that'd be home. That Nope. It's, it, yep, you're right. I would love the Phillies to win at home, but I, I, I don't know. But, Alex, what do you got in this series? Yeah, let's get not a chance. Houston in five. <laughs> <laughs> no faith in Philly from, from, no. from Alex there. Um, I'm also going to go Houston, unfortunately. I'm going to go Houston in six. Uh, it's, it's just so hard to doubt this team. I've doubted Philly every single step of the way. I have called them my secret dark horse secretly the whole time. Uh, okay. So no secret. You've never said it out loud. I've said, I've said <laughs> it, I've secret. said it on my, on my, uh, postseason uh, previews on my articles. Yeah. So go read the wild card round. I, I did say that it's proof is in the writing. I, I, I think I, that might be deleted too. I don't know. I don't know. It's not. <laughs> I, I will tweet that shit. I said it from the beginning. They're my secret dark horse. But I've been doubting them, so I'm going to continue to doubt them. So we'll see what happens with that. But Houston in six. So, guys, hopefully you guys enjoy the 2022 World Series. It should be a good one. Um, and, yeah, let's go. Yeah, great, great stuff, Tyler. If you guys like Philly cheesesteaks, definitely go for Philly. So, Philly yeah, go for Philly. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another quick break. But when we return, trading stock and hockey. Welcome back, everybody. Let's keep it short and sweet here. Let's do that hockey. Okay. Let's do that hockey. Thank you, James. Uh, quickly, let's look at um, the fantasy uh, fantasy land in the in hockey here. Um, I lost to my wife by 0.6 points. It's tough. <laughs> tough, Whoa. dude. Brutal. That's, a, that's an assist. That's six. That's six shots over the course of a week. Ooh. That's rough. <laughs> so. Um, I sit, uh, uh, okay, let's see who else. James, you're two and oh, um, Kylie's one and one, Tyler's one and one, I'm one and one, Alex is one and one. Um, so pretty, pretty even. James is just the king, I guess. James is just the king, he's loving it. Uh, I think I've won like three times in a row in that league, though, for real. Yeah, so there, there you go. 
Um, as for the in-season Stanley Cup, uh, everybody, I hope, is loving um, following this. It's been a blast uh, following this. Buffalo Sabres currently hold it tonight. They just started their game against the Seattle, Tyler Seattle Kraken. Tyler's Ooh. last chance to get uh, – not last chance, but next chance to get the uh, – the cup back otherwise james you're gonna be you're gonna be tying alex if you get a win here um and i sit with fucking zero alex (laughs) is still seven uh james with five and tyler with those two that that colorado had early in the season um so stay tuned um it's very fun to track that um we're moving on we're we're gonna be talking about the first couple weeks of the nhl here uh, it's, it's been quite very, it's been quite interesting. I um, mean, we've seen, we've seen some surprises, we've seen some injuries um, and we've seen some jerseys ugly and, and great um, c- come out from the, from the, from Adidas themselves. So we're going to start right at the top with the major injuries. So we saw some major injuries uh, hit some pretty prolific teams, important, uh, important players for these teams. The Leafs, Matt Murray was placed on long-term injured reserve um, an adductor injury. Uh, he's out for a minimum four weeks. Um, and this was, this, this was the pickup that Toronto had, um, you know, to, to solve their goalie issue after Jack Campbell moved on to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, and the biggest question mark was, can he stay healthy? No, he can't. <laughs> Unfortunately for Maple Leafs fans, he cannot. Um, the other one, uh, the next one would be Aaron Ekblad out of Florida. Aaron Ekblad guys is a low key Norris trophy i mean defenseman i mean he is an all-class all-world-class defenseman do we hear about him no do you know why because he plays in fucking florida if he played anywhere else we would not stop hearing about this guy um and unfortunately he went down on long-term injured reserve dealing with a grade two groin strain um i don't know it it doesn't look like we have a full timetable as to when he's back but um he's had issues with uh with he's had medical bracelet issues in the past so that's that's always a problem with him um especially with a team that has no cap space has not bought a has not got a defenseman to replace him has no first round picks has no draft capital has no has no has no they have nothing so i'm not sure what they're going to do uh and we're talking about florida who looked very bad in the playoffs um, last year after um, after the first uh, couple games um, and then finally call uh, the the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche's captain Gabriel Landeskog we know now is out for a while a minimum 12 weeks I believe um, following a knee surgery um, just to give you guys some context Gabe Landeskog was out for a lot of the playoff run last season and it didn't seem to impact the Colorado Avalanche too much obviously However, it is Gabriel Landeskog. He is one of the best, you know, one of the best captains in the league. He is a heart and soul type of guy. He is very important for that team. So it, it's a wonder if, if, if it's going to impact the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. And so far, you know, I, I believe they're winning right now against the Rangers, but they seem to have a little bit of a hangover um, thus far. So I'm going to go around the horn and I want to ask the guys who they think is the biggest loss and who they worry about the most. James, who do you worry about the most out of all these three teams? Well, I'm definitely not worried about Matt Murray. Like, honestly, I think that team is better off without him. Samson is much better. So that's great. Good job for you guys. Not that worried about Ekblad. He's missed time last season and the season before that. And the Panthers seem to do adequate. So I'm definitely, by process of elimination, most worried about Landis Gog and the Colorado Avalanche. Like Trayton just mentioned, this Landis Gog is the heart and soul of this team. Right now, they start off pretty poorly. Uh because, you know, expectation is a little bit higher and they had an expectation hangover coming through. 
if Landis Scott was there, I think he might have been able to mitigate that as the heart and soul and captain of that team. He's been the captain for forever. Like you would think that he would have a chance to get help the team through that, but he hasn't been around. And the team has lost two games to teams they should have beaten, like the Jets and the Kraken. Come on, guys. The Colorado Avalanche should not have lost two games this early in the season. They really need Landis Cog there to be the emotional support of this team. He may not be the best, but he's integral in other ways, and they need him bad. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you know, his regular season was cut short. I was wrong. He did make it back for the playoffs. He, he scored he 11 points. 20 points in 20, 20 games. Points. There we go. Uh, and then in the regular season, he, he tallied for 59 points in 51 game, 51 games. So he's obviously a point per, per, uh, per game player. He is a heart and soul guy, James. I, I, I agree that he, that he is going to be a big loss for them. Whether they can stomach it for, for this long will, will remain to be seen. Tyler, who is your biggest worry? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with James on this one. I think it's Landis Cog, um, you know, kind of for all the reasons he mentioned. He is he is a big heart and soul guy, and I think losing your captain is a big deal. Um, even if it's not production, it's just, it's just losing that guy that is your leader is going to be a problem. Um, obviously, I think um, also, just, also just the longevity of his injury, the fact that he's going to be out for like three months, that's like pretty much almost half of the season. Um, that's a significant amount of time. I think these other guys, you know, hopefully – you know, it's no more than a month, month and a half. Um, so I feel like they'll be fine. Um, I think the, the one, the one I did consider Matt Murray um, just because, you know, having goalie depth, I think is important. And I think without having him, that could be an issue, especially if uh, Samsonov does not perform well, then Toronto might really be fucked. <laughs> so I think that kind of puts them on thin ice, pun intended, um, in terms of their goalie depth. Uh, so that does concern me a little bit, but I think overall of these three, I just have to go with Landis Gog purely based on just the amount of time that, that, they, that he's going to miss. Goalie troubles in the Toronto Maple Leafs go hand in hand like PB and J. I mean, that just seems to be the case for this fucking team. Um, Alex, uh, who do you got, buddy? Interestingly enough, Landis Gog is the one I'm the least worried about. You could compare it to Kucherov with the Lightning. Like he's kind of an older guy at this point. Like, maybe the time off is a good thing. And then you can just come back and play half the season and then be on a incredible team. Also, you know, obviously Florida and Toronto are good teams, but like the abs are the abs. They're the best team in the NHL. So if anyone can weather that it's them, I am going to go with Ekblad. I thought about Murray as well. Um, but I think Samsonov can be good enough. And I think Toronto is good enough to be fine without like a top They, You know, they haven't had a top tier goalie in forever anyway. Um, but, you know, Ekblad, you know, a very uh, high draft pick. You know, he's also an alternate captain. He's probably the longest tenured Panther, at least that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, you know, and, and like you mentioned, you know, he is a fringe Norris guy. Um, you know, there's not – they traded away a lot of their other uh, – one of their other big defensemen um, in the Calgary deal. So that that is kind of really coming to bite him in the ass right now. And, like, you know, obviously Florida won the president's trophy last year. Uh, you know, they obviously did not perform well in the playoffs. So like, you know, hopefully Ekblad can come back. He's kind of been injured a lot the last couple of years, which sucks because he's a really exciting player. So um, I think if you're a Florida fan, he's the one, you know, that's the one you should be the most worried about. Yeah. I, I'm actually, I, I actually would had thought about Matt Murray myself um, just simply because you've spent so much money. Ilya Samsonov has started out well, although he's had major issues um, in the past. Uh, Matt Murray is not great, but in my opinion, but he, you know, he is serviceable. And, and I think that if you have an issue with Samsonov, you're, then you go into your third goalie. 
they're already having issues with winning games and the fan base can turn quick. And that, and that's just an issue within itself. Um, missing Ekblad for that team, I think is massive personally. Um, I, I, I have so much worry about it because they did trade Mc, uh, McKenzie Weger. They don't have draft capital. They don't have, um, they don't have ability to, to buy another, uh, you know, defenseman in the, in the, in a trade or anything. There's nothing they can do. They're, they're handcuffed uh, because Bill Zito is a fucking aggressive idiot. Like, this is what happens. This is what happens when you, when you like, they, I don't think they have a first round pick for like three years or something <laughs> and they have nothing to show for it. And they may, and they may struggle to, to, to make the playoffs, especially with an Atlantic division that is seeing pretty surprising, um, surprising season so far by the Buffalo Sabres, Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators. Um, not, that's not to mention the, the, even though the Tampa Bay Lightning are not looking good right now. It's still the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, if you're going to bet against Tampa Bay Lightning, you're a fucking idiot. So, uh, yeah, I, I I worry about the Florida Panthers going down the stretch. But, um, I, I you know all 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 I think any of these injuries are, are significant. So it'll be a wonder to see who uh, who gets impacted the most. Speaking of surprises, let's start with the great starts of the of the um, of uh, of the season so far. Um, we're going to start right at the top with Detroit. Uh, Detroit's three one. Um, uh, three, one and two for, with eight points. Um, and they have a goal, uh, differential of seven. They're looking very, very good. Um, as uh, I think a lot of the guys here just thought that the Red Wings would take strides and they really have, um, they really, really have, um, it, it's, it's really great to see they're finding the goaltending, they're finding, um, the scoring and the Red Wings are looking like a very, very interesting team. Right with them is the Buffalo Sabres. The Buffalo Sabres came to Western Canada and mollywhopped us all. They fucked us all. They fucked the Oilers. They fucked the Flames, who took the in-season cup for uh, for uh, uh, James there. And um, they look to and and they completely are ruining the entire Vancouver franchise. So, so the Buffalo Sabres are looking very very hot. And the team that is probably shouldn't be the most surprising, but I think is the most intriguing. The Dallas Stars are four, two, and one with nine points. I don't, and they did lose their last two, admittedly. However, the Dallas Stars are looking incredible. Um, they are getting amazing goaltending by Jake Ottinger. Um, granted, this is the first year with uh, with Pete DeBoer um, behind the bench, and everybody knows the first year with Pete DeBoer behind your bench, you're going to make the playoffs and you're going to go far. Just seems to be the case for him. <laughs> he does it every single time. Um, it's the uh, it's the three or four years after that 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 has the biggest question mark. So uh, I want to go around and ask the guys, what's the biggest surprise to you, and who do you think has the ability to sustain it the longest? Uh, I think the most surprising is Buffalo for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I think some people definitely had this team probably doing okay, but I mean, I, th I think for the the start they're having, I think the Buffalo Sabers just this exponential growth is is is, is surprising. Um, I don't, I'm not too surprised by Dallas, to be honest with you. I think, I think they've been a contender and been around for, for several years. I think they kind of, they're very much of a roller coaster of, of a team, but I think they're just getting off to a hot start. That doesn't really surprise me too much. Um, and then Detroit, you know, I think James and I both had or picked Detroit to make the, make the playoffs this year. So I'm happy that so far their start are proving us right. Um, so not too surprised by Detroit there, but definitely Buffalo for me is the biggest surprise. And I think in terms of, of sustained success, I'm going to go Detroit. Let's go Red Wings. All right. I, I love it. Um, I, I should have thrown in the Ottawa Senators as a surprise one too, because they are four and two for eight points. So they're all, all those three teams that we had question marks last year about have eight points. Alex, which of the teams that we were talking about is the most surprising and who do you think can um, sustain it the longest? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think 
you know, out of those four teams, I would generally say we all were the highest on Dallas. So I think they're kind of like the least surprising. Um, I would agree with Tyler that Buffalo, especially just after how bad they've been for the last decade, surprising how well they've started. Um, I don't really see them continuing it. Um, I know trading, you picked them to make the playoffs, but uh, I just, it's, they've done this to us before. You're like, okay, they're gathering steam and then something happens and they'll lose like eight in a row and then their season's over. But um, I think the senators, you know, they, they're a team that they, you know, they started their rebuild and they've really kind of moved their way back into the, into the fold. Um, granted, I also picked the senators to make the playoffs. So it's partially a uh, pick with my heart kind of thing, but you know, Ottawa, they're, they're doing stuff. Um, you know, they're really trying to trying to build from, both draft capital and, you know, trades and free agent signing. So um, I think Ottawa has a good chance of kind of continuing this. Uh, James, what do you got, buddy? Well, I mean, I'm not really surprised by Buff or by uh, Buffalo and Detroit because I picked them in my in-season Stanley Cup. So I expected them to do well, <laughs> obviously, uh, which leaves the Dallas Stars. And honestly, the Stars is the biggest surprise to me because out of those three teams they had mentioned, Buffalo, Detroit, uh, and Dallas, they're the team that doesn't have that influx of young talent in it. <laughs> Buffalo and, and Dallas definitely do, or Buffalo and Detroit definitely do, but they have a ton of like vets on that team, like Tyler Sagan. And he's like coming back alive. Coming like, back. Ooh, the last couple of years have been trashed ever yep. since he entered his labrum. And then like yep. this year, he has like five points in five games. Like, what? Tyler Sagan's okay. coming back. The goaltending is coming back. Orange has always been good. But honestly, like the contributors outside of Jason Robertson is surprising for the Dallas Stars. So that's why for me, they're the big surprise. The ageless wonder of Joe Pavelski. What a what yeah, a fucking what? hero. He be... that, they're like, my biggest surprise just simply because of the way they're playing. They're not, they're not this we're gonna shut her down and make it a one, two, one game, one, zero game. No, they are scoring, guys. They're still getting their goaltending, which is huge, but they're scoring. They're, they're, they feel a little bit more free. They're playing a different style, and it's working. Um, this coaching change is, is bringing out a lot of the creativity back, and I think that that's a surprise for me. I didn't know. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised considering Pete DeBoer is the bench boss now, but nonetheless, here they are. Um, the one thing I will say, I th- I still th- um, I'm still in the Buffalo over uh, Red Wings ban- uh, bandwagon. The reason is, is because the Buffalo Sabres have – I'm sorry, the Red Wings have not beat a good team. They've only beat eh, teams that are at their level or below the Sabres completely beat the Edmonton Oilers who went to the Western conference final and the Calgary flames, who I think is the best team in the league right now. And they just continue to, to, to generate, um, you know, they have they're having great goaltending. They're continuing to, to generate goals. They're scrappy. They're, they're, they're just, they're a hard team to play against. Um, do I think they're a couple pieces away from contending? Yes, but I do still believe that they are going to make a push to that playoffs. Um, not that's not to say that the Red Wings aren't going to be great, nor the Senators. Um, what about the bad side? Uh, there's some bad starts, guys. Some bad ones that are that are very concerning, and one of them, which is extremely concerning, uh, in my opinion, Tampa Bay. Uh, this is not the one that I think is is overly concerning for obvious reasons, but Tampa Bay is three and three, um, and they have uh, six points. Um, they have a negative goal differential. They did have that. They have won their last two to make it a 500 season, but, but nonetheless, Tampa is not coming out guns a blazing, but you know, maybe that's to be expected. Um, Nashville um, guys, na- to all the Nashville like players, you can still win in North America. You don't just need to leave your wins in Europe because that seems to be the case. <laughs> um, 
Nashville uh, is two and four, two, four and one. The two wins were in Europe before the season like really kicked off. So, uh, and they have a negative eight goal differential. They are looking very sorry. Five losses in a row. Wow. They are not looking great. Um, and the biggest worry, or I guess the biggest surprise or, or, or bad start, I guess, is the winless Vancouver Canucks who are 05 and two. And with, so they have a, a whopping two points, two loser points uh, and a 12, negative 12 goal differential. They have given up in their first three games. I think they had three goal deficits that they erased, uh, that they got erased on them. Um, this team is looking and, and there's jerseys flying all over the ice. There's, there's general managers throwing out coaches, coaches throwing out general managers. It's, it's, it's a shit show in Vancouver land. Um, James, of these three teams, who is your biggest worry and who do you not or who do you think is going to be fine and, and going to um, you know right the ship sooner let's start with the right the ship sooner tampa bay i think that's an easy one come on like there's really not much explanation there the ones that are most worried about also doesn't need much explanation and that's vancouver you just explained it all like why did you decide running back with bruce boudreau like that might have been a terrible call and you might be fired now before american thanksgiving happens Ooh, that's not, it's, it's not looking good for Vancouver, man. How do you not win a game yet? Like what? Well, the, the crazy thing is they, they're giving up leads, man. <laughs> like, it's not like they're, lo- they're losing, they're giving up leads. That's the, that's the worst part of it. And then they had a terrible outing against the Buffalo Sabres uh, on Saturday that I think just broke the backs of the whole team. Tyler, who do you got? Yeah, unfortunately I'll agree with James again here. Um, but yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay, you know, no doubt. Um, surprising, but definitely not too worried about the Vancouver man, it, it, it seems like a team like a couple of years ago, I felt like they were kind of starting to go the right direction and seemed like the, this young core was, was going the right way. And it seems like they were, uh, you know, coming back from, from several years of kind of, of, of kind of shit, shit out there in, in Vancouver, but it, it's the same story as last year, just copy paste off to this horrible start. You know, it seems like they you know, it, it might end up with, with, with the, with the coach getting fired and and to not win a game yet, and to and to lose it the way they have it, as Train mentioned, it's just not good, and it, it it's it's looking horrible. Things just seem to be getting worse and worse. When it seems like the the franchise is saying we're getting better and we're not getting better, it, it it's an absolute shit show. They they're they're kind of like the 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 Lakers of the NHL right now in terms of just they're like we're 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 getting better, but actually we're actually way shittier. You, you could you could argue that, um, especially given the expectations by the fan base. I think that you, there's a little bit of a similarity there. But Alex, who do you got? Yeah, um, I mean, I agree with them. Just to talk about Nashville, since they already kind of covered everything, you know, that's a rough start to the season to have to play in Europe and then come back and, you know, play pretty quickly after that. And the team that they played, the Sharks, granted, are not supposed to be good also pretty terrible start to the season. So the travel could be a factor for the Preds. Um, yeah, Vancouver, like, you know, when Bo Horvat is coming out and saying stuff, like, that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll turn it around, obviously. Like, I don't, you know, I think none of us really expected. I don't believe any of us picked them to make the playoffs. You know, I could see some people maybe kind of giving them like a fringe playoff, but um it's also kind of tough because like if they had done this in March, we probably wouldn't have noticed, but just because it's the beginning of the season, it, you know, amplifies everything, but um, they're, they're too talented to be this bad. I, you know, obviously I think they'll turn it around uh, for good old Brucey boy. You're probably in trouble though. 
Yeah, that that leads me to a question. Thank you for uh, leading us in. Like the Vancouver, it, it's gonna get toxic, guys. Like that, there's a point where you almost have to fire the even if he's not the problem, you almost have to fire the coach to simply eliminate the toxicity at the fan base. I actually don't think the Bruce Boudreaux is a problem. I just think that there that there's a personnel problem. They need to they need to actually set the like they need to bring it down to the studs and redo it because it's it's they have the wrong personnel. I think they have the wrong core. I think they have the wrong people wrong guys that are there i don't i actually don't think it's the coach here um and i think he's and i think he's going to quickly get a job as um, as soon as he gets fired but the question is tyler and everybody else i'll start with you tyler does bruce boudreaux sit behind the bench for the vancouver canucks by thanksgiving no no so what how many so how many so it's four weeks away do, do you uh you know how many weeks three three weeks okay so uh like the the 15th of November, uh, Tyler, uh, James, uh, he will, he'll be gone by American Thanksgiving and it's going to happen once the Vancouver Canucks go 0 and 10. 0 and 10. So that's two games away, I believe. Yeah. Bye-bye. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's next week. That's next week. Alex, what do you think? Bud? Uh, I don't know. I think he'll be there for a little bit longer. Um, I mean, I obviously like he's a pretty storied coach. Um, I do think, you know, probably they'll have to let him go if it continues and just as like a rallying point, but, um, and just to kind of just, just to disagree with them. I say he's still there by Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. Just to disagree. Okay. Mostly just um, disagree with them. I, I think that if you lose to the Kraken on Thursday, it's over. I think it's that, or, I think it's that dire. I don't even think he gets 10 games. Um, especially given the fact that everything that's happened so far, it's the way you're losing. It's, it's, it's everything that it, it's the Murphy's law. I'm going through it myself. It's a Murphy's law hockey season. Everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Um, and I think the Canucks are feeling it too. Um, but, uh, thank you guys. We're going to go into, so, uh, the, the, the Adidas and the NHL released the, uh, the retro 2.0, uh, the reverse retro jerseys for each team. Um, and very much like Tyler does in the, in the MLB with his, uh, with the city connect, we are going to rate the retro, uh, reverse retro jerseys just to give some context really quick. The reverse retro is basically a Jersey that, that is inspired by a, a team's historical, you know, Jersey in the past, uh, maybe with different color scheme, maybe a, with a different logo or something. Um, but it, it definitely has ties to a specific Jersey in the, in the history of that team. So I was, I'm going to show the guys, um, um, the first, the first four in the central, which starts with Arizona, Chicago, Colorado, and Dallas, uh, we are going to rate these and, um, and give some, you know, give some thoughts as to what these jerseys are like. Can everybody see that? Yep. Okay. So this is the Arizona Coyotes jersey. It's based off the Kachina um, logo that they, that they, um, that they um, wore back in, uh, back in the nineties. Um, it actually is inspired by their third jersey, um, which looks like uh, this. Once I once this uh, thing pops up, sorry about that. It's, it's based off of this third jersey that was green that had like the cactuses on the bottom, um, and had the 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 Kachina like the coyote head kind of just the coyote head as opposed to the whole logo um, showing. Um, it is Tyler's favorite color, orange this time, as opposed to the green. Um, it is a little bit different there. It, it's it's actually still very similar to their first retro 1.0 jersey last year, but this one has just a little bit different color, color scheme. So, um, James, what's your thoughts on this one? 
I think he was very uh, confident to go with the burnt orange color that they're going with there. And for that, I got to give him some props. Like, you're never going to really see that ever again in any other jersey for any other team. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Do I like it? Not really, but I, I like the, the balls that the guys have doing this because the, the ball does not mesh. It's like the green and then the, the red and the burgundy and it, it, not a fan. But, I mean, it took some balls to do that, so congratulations. But at the end of the day, I'm giving you a six-point – Nope, I'll give you a 5.6. 5.6, okay. Um, uh, Alex? I kind of I kind of like it. I mean, it the burnt orange is a little more deserty than the green, at least, mm-hmm. you know, Arizona. Um, I like the little purple aspects on the, like, coyote. Um, yep. I'll give it a – I think it's good. I don't think it's, like, one of the best ones. Um, I'll give it, like, a 6.4. 6.4, okay uh tyler yeah first of all the 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 term reverse retro is very confusing it Uh is so that that's a problem nhl i just just say just say retro like i don't understand why you need to put the reverse because the the reverse is like the is like color flips that's the reverse Hmm. okay here's what i found and that's siri hello siri Uh, (laughs) thank you siri (laughs) i guess that makes a little more sense but it's that's still very confusing um but in terms of this uh coyotes one yeah, orange, not my favorite. We all know this. Uh, I think this particular close game, considering the fact that, the, you know, they're from Arizona in the desert, I, I, I do appreciate that. It kind of looks like kind of that desert sunset, kind of, you know, sand and all that stuff. So I think it does fit the mold of Arizona fairly well. I've always been a, been a fan of that, of that, of that uh, logo. Um, but I think just think overall, like I said, just orange is just not my color. I just, I, it's hard for me to really get into that, into that. Uh, but because I appreciate what they're trying to do with, with Arizona and stuff like that, I'm going to give them some more points, but I'm going to go with a 4.8. 4.8. Ooh, rough. I think the orange really hurts you. Uh, for me, look, this whole time, this whole thing, guys, I'm going to have be, I'm going to be a softie because I grew up watching this sport. So all of these jerseys, I, for the most part, I, I, if I, if I don't remember them, I, I can remember where they kind of came from. So I appreciate that side. But at the end of the day, I think the orange is a little bit much. I, I the color scheme is a little bit off. I agree with you, James. The burgundy is a little bit off. I do like the green cactus and the purple accents. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stick right with a 6.2 on this one. Um, and that brings the average to a 5.75. So we didn't, we, we, we kind of liked it, kind of did. Um, moving on to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, once this loads, oops, I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? I think we're going to move on to, oh, there it is. I did have it right. The Chicago Blackhawks revealed their, um, their Jersey, um, just to give you some context, the, this reverse retro is based on the 1938 uniform. Um, just colors were reversed. And instead of using a logo, they just wrote Chicago on the Jersey, um, Mm -hmm. in, in white, uh, white letters with some red, uh, accent and trim, um, and if for, for context, guys, this is the jersey that inspired that. This was a 1938 jersey that inspired the uh, the Blackhawks um, decision. Um, it does have their original logo, which is kind of an older um, and uh, vintage type of look um, in terms of the logo. But they ditched the logo and they went with the lettering. Um, very, very interesting. Chicago, in my opinion, their regular jerseys. And the fact kind of had the same jersey their whole you know their whole time here is are one of the best most iconic jerseys in all of sports and I just absolutely love the Blackhawks jersey. This one's a little bit eh because it's boring, but again, it has a it has a, like a connection. So uh, Tyler, what are your what's your uh, thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, I think 
it's okay. I, I, I definitely, you know, I think the, the, the red and black is always a good combo of sports. I think, I think you put that on, on a sports Jersey. That's always going to look good. Um, and I, I, I do, I do appreciate it. Definitely feels like a retro Jersey. So I think for the purpose of this, I think it definitely works pretty well. Um, you know, I would like to see a little bit more of an actual logo and just instead of just the Chicago, like I, I think it would be cool if they just put, if they put the, the actual logo on it, but um overall like I, I i think it's pretty solid not my favorite um but i'm gonna give it a solid six and a half. Six and a half. okay uh let's go with james uh to be honest guys like i looked up all these jerseys and they're completely different than what i looked up so this is like all new shit to me uh, <laughs> but i really enjoy this i like this one a lot like I, the color scheme is fantastic um i love the simplicity of it and the fact that it just says Chicago on the front of it is really cool to me. I like the minimalist feel to it. So I'm going to rate this pretty high here. I'm just going to go with like a 8-2. Uh, 8-2, two. Two, wow. Um, just for some so, uh, some further context, James, with the Chicago, they're kind of going back to their winter classic um, that they did in 2019. They had the same type of thing. Um, Alex, what do you got, buddy? Boring. This Boring. one sucks. <laughs> uh, I'm glad they didn't put their original logo on there. Cause that's like super racist and probably shouldn't be shown. Um, but it's boring. Like they could have done something else. I don't know what they could have just made it more Chicago themed, I guess. Like, I don't know, put the lake on there or something, or I don't know. I'm giving it like a 2.8 this. I think this is easily one of the worst ones. Oh, wow. 2.8. Ouch. Um, and I, for me, I, I, again, it, I, I love the, I love the callback to the, to the original Jersey back in back before, way before we were born before our parents were even born um, to some extent. Um, I'm, I'm going to give this one a solid uh, a 7.0. Um, I just, it, it's, it's classic. Uh, it, it's, it's classic Jersey, uh, but that brings us to a 6.125. Alex, you, uh, you, I mean, you kind of got completely negated by James's uh <laughs> so, uh right right back in the six so we're gonna move on to colorado's um guys colorado's reverse retro story uh this is this it's a white jersey it's very much inspired by their original inaugural jerseys of 1995 just with a just with the um uh, uh logo of the colorado flag kind of uh you know bearing the crest as opposed to their kind of like avalanche a um that was on the original jersey um and that's just kind of what's inspired the logo um the color scheme and the the print is very similar and has um, very much inspiration to their original very very original jerseys here where you can see the lines are very cut it looks like kind of like a mountain uh and the the colors are bold they they come at you um the logo did get changed but like i said you see these lines that are very like you know very straight very uh rugged just kind of like a um you know kind of like a mountain and it just kind of has that kind of feel to it um uh, so uh alex why don't you start us off on this one yeah i mean i like the you know i like the kind of ruggedness of colorado obviously um i feel like they've been kind of too focused on the flag part of it every single time like mm -hmm. I think this was very similar to what they did last time mm -hmm. um i don't know i feel like if the i don't know how much i like the white as like that much of a focus i know obviously that's like what the flag of the state looks like um i, I don't know i'm very torn on this one so i'll just give it a 6.2 because i don't i just don't know what else to do with it 6.2 that's fair uh james what do you go ahead bud i like 
the colors a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the colors. <laughs> um, it gives me very much 90s feel to it. Uh, so I don't like the retro part of it. Sick. I just don't know what else, like Alex said, I don't know what else to make of it. So I'm going to go with Alex's lead and go to 6.2. 6.2. Okay, Tyler, what do you got, bud? All right, so I've never loved the Colorado Avalanche's jersey, like their main jerseys. I think the weird wow. blue and this weird maroon just don't fit well together. So I've never enjoyed watching the Colorado Avalanche play hockey purely because of their jerseys. Great hockey wow. team, shitty jerseys. What is wrong? With oh, wow, their jerseys are gorgeous. So no? I like the logo, like the like the A logo is cool. But I don't know. I just I don't like that combination they got going on. It it's it, it's weird for me. Um, but so for that instance, it's, it's, it's competing against something I already think is shit. So it's going to get a higher score for me. I, 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 I like this Jersey a lot. Um, I, I like that big bold C logo in, 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 in the front. Um, I don't mind the, uh, the, the white aspect to it. Um, I think the colors are cool. I think it pops really well. So I'm going to give us an 8.3, 8.3. Wow. 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 Uh, for me, I, I'm kind of middle of the ground, guys, with this one. I mean, I, I like I like the homage. I I I I'm missing out on the. I, I still am missing out on the on the uh you know the maroon and blue. I I just I I I unlike Tyler, absolutely love the regular jerseys. I think they look really nice on the ice, which is an important factor, guys. It really is an important factor. Um, and I I think I'm just gonna miss that color scheme. So for me, it's gonna be like a solid 6.0, and that brings it to a six uh six point seven. And then last but not least for the cent for halfway through the central we are going to look at the dallas stars who unveiled their uh ret reverse retro of basically the inaugural season um uniform back when they moved from uh minnesota down to dallas um and here's here's some context of what the original jersey looked like um it is a black jersey with a little bit with their original stars um logo with a big star as their as their main logo and then the the top of the the star is the A for the, for the, to spell out stars. They use a little bit different color scheme, but they did stick with the black. Um, the lines are a little bit different based on the color scheme, but nonetheless, you can tell that it definitely, um, you know, pays homage to their original um, inaugural uh, Jersey. And on the shoulder, it does show the, uh, the, the state of Texas with the D where Dallas would be, I'm sorry, where the star where Dallas would be. Um, and so, yeah, this is, this is the Dallas stars. So uh, let's, let's ask James, what do you think of the Dallas stars Jersey here? Is that glitter on it? Like, it looks oh like yeah. Glitter. Oh yeah. It's, it's stars, right? It's glittery. It's oh, and yeah, all the Dallas stars. Ones pass. Yeah. Been, not uh, a fan of that glitter, dude. So no, if I'm going to give it like a, a four. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, four <laughs> straight up four. Okay. Uh, what do you got, Alex? Yeah, I don't really like this one either. I feel like it's too similar to the that one their current jersey and to the other, you know, when they moved to Dallas. It's also a little tough because obviously, you know, they have not been in Dallas for all that long. Mm -hmm. I think what I would have liked to see, honestly, is the Texas logo that's on the shoulder as the front thing. That would have been cool. Kind of change it up. Um, and I, you know, I can't picture like any of the Minnesota North star jerseys off the top of my head right now, but I kind of wish they had incorporated that in some way, because obviously like that's where they came from. Right. Um, I, so see, those are tight. See, it's like the end <laughs> with the star that could have been 
uh trading just brought it up on the screen share in case you're wondering why i'm just magically see what this <laughs> is now um like they could have done that with the dallas part you know have the star where dallas is or have you know whatever it is um and if they and i don't like the glitter like if this was if there was just like the i don't know if it's glitter but if it was like the cheerleaders or something uh because apparently there's cheerleaders in hockey all of a sudden now i don't know I'm going to give it like, like I a, think that's just silver stitching. I'm not sure. If it's okay. Maybe it's just, yeah, maybe it's just the website we're looking at, but I'm going to give it like a 4.5. It's just not. It's oh, just wow. Wow. Uh, Tyler. Yeah, I, I disagree. Uh, I yeah. Think, okay. <laughs> I think, I think these are great. Um, I think they pop, they look great. The, the, the green and black is I think an underrated color scheme when it comes to sports. There's not a lot of green teams out there. It, it's, it's, it's especially with, with that, with that black and silver, it's just such a good clean look to me. Um, I think it's kind of hard to pull off because I think sometimes you can do too much green or just like a, a weird color green, but this combination with this particular jersey, I think looks phenomenal. I like it a lot. Uh, fuck Dallas, but I mean, I think this jersey in particular is, <laughs> is, is really, really cool. Uh, so I'm going to give this an 8.7. 8.7. Wow. 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 Um, I'm, I'm actually with you, Tyler. I'm at, I'm at about 7.5 with this one. I really like, I, I've, 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 I really like the Dallas Stars jersey. I do um you know i i do like i do like that old logo it's a little and i know it's kind of similar to their what they originally had but it does have you know it, it does look a lot like the original one so it does have a pay nice homage although uh, uh alex you make a good point that maybe putting the the state that state um shoulder logo there would be pretty cool so um so far um right now we have colorado ranked the highest um with dallas second chicago third and arizona fourth right now very interesting uh but it's been very stratified we're we're uh um, we all have different, you know, clearly have different tastes, but that's the first four teams of the uh, retro reverse retro next week. We or whenever I do hockey, if I have to, uh, if I have to host, then we'll wait, but we'll have the rest of the central coming and the rest of the NHL um, shortly after that. Thank you. Trading. Uh, really led to that hockey segment, otherwise known as OPUC. And that wraps up episode 121 of TLDR podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for always tuning in and listening. Like the, the, listen count is going through the roof right now so that's really cool appreciate you guys for that tyler don't do that every again that was weird uh but yeah we're gonna have a good week hope you guys have a good week too and we'll see you next week